0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. There is no clean slate for the grain and livestock futures to start the new year, but There are new thoughts and expectations about how the baggage of the 2022 crops will influence price action in the year ahead. We've got predictions, and a lot of them, on what to expect from the markets in a brand new year.
1: From the Baggage Claims Center of 2023 via Farm (laughs) Journal broadcast, this is Talk. This afternoon Chip and I will pontificate on expert pontifications later carry our from RTACAdvisory.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now here's the host of Agritalk Chip Flory All right
0: buddy happy new year again Again with talk with you yes yes mm-hmm. Here we are uh the markets uh getting ready to kick off a new year What should we expect What should we expect I, this is a fun fun show that we've got to you got for you because we asked some of the the regulars some of the regular guest analysts and there's a lot of them i know and and it's not like i hey i had to ask just a few because otherwise it Mm would have been overwhelming
1: the show's just an hour long you know that's right we're working within certain parameters
0: (laughs) yes yes but we've got the predictions from some of the regular guest analysts on the show about what to expect in 2023. And you want to talk about a wide range of predictions. There's agreement. There is agreement Mm -hmm. in many cases, but at the same time, what these, what these analysts came up with on what we should be watching for in the year ahead. I, I, it's uh, it's really an impressive list and, and shows just how much the guys are thinking, uh, uh, the analysts are thinking. We talked about it last week. It's unbelievable to me, Davis, that mm-hmm. when the, the we get the level of thought and yes. the level of knowledge to come onto the show and 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 share their thoughts and their expectations with us, and and hey, we we've got some really interesting. Predictions coming your way,
1: bro. The way uh, I see it, the uh, the more the more they think, the less we have to. The
0: less we have to, (laughs) and that's
1: just good for everybody,
0: you know. That's boy, you got that right. (laughs) You got that right. Okay, hey, before we get the prediction started, let's go ahead and kind of recap how we how we wrapped up the year on Friday.
1: Sure thing. Well, on Friday, March hard red winter wheat futures were 21 and one half cents higher at 888. March soft red wheat up 18 cents to 7.92. Yep. March corn now, futures. Uh, oh, yeah, ho- go ahead. Yeah, Sorry?
0: hold on, just let me throw something in there because yeah. this this wheat market is acting like it it's it's not just doing wheat things. We talked about it on Friday afternoon. It's mm-hmm. not just doing wheat things. There is a process that is in play in this wheat market right now. We talked like I said, we talked about it on Friday. Um, maybe go back and give that a listen uh, if you're growing wheat.
1: Well, March corn futures were a penny lower, 678 and one half. July corn futures closed at 671 and three quarters, down a penny on the day on Friday. Chip?
0: Yeah. Um, really didn't want to participate in the rally that the wheat market had. It didn't even want to follow along with the other feed component out there soybean meal. And corn just. Kind of struggled into the, the the final bell of 2022. A lot of profit taking, long liquidation happening in that market.
1: On Friday's close, March beans were seven and three quarter cents higher, 15.24. July beans closed at 15.33 and one quarter, up six and one half cents. Chip, that was amid some mixed action in the complex.
0: That's exactly right. January soybean meal was up fourteen dollars and forty cents, four seventy-eight fifty. January bean oil down two hundred and fifty-nine point sixty-three eighty one. So a wide divergence there in that in the product markets.
1: Friday's March cotton close was at eighty-three forty, uh, seventy-six points higher. On your livestock's February cattle ninety five cents lower, one fifty seven ninety, January feeders down just a dime at one eighty-three seventy. And February lean hog features down ninety-seven and one half cents to eighty-seven seventy. Yeah. Uh, you, you want to start in the livestocks with our predictions from our our uh, our experts? I, I certainly do. Okay. I certainly um, do. I know you love to talk cattle. Let's let's start yeah. with this from Matt Bennett from Agmarket.net. Um, predicting fat cattle prices at one seventy five or better by the end of twenty-three, mm-hmm. talking about tighter supplies. Um, as long as consumers don't back away from the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is backed up by Dan Bossy at Ag Resource Company. He expects U.S. Uh, fat and feeder kettle prices will score new all-time highs in 2023. And then... If we can, let's uh, when we get Scott Varlick on the show talking cattle, it, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite conversations because, like you said, I really, really like to talk cattle. Uh, but Scott says increased moisture alongside a t- a tight cow herd will cause heifer retention in 2023. The cow herd is extremely tight, coming after years of increased slaughter, which of course was caused by the drought. He sees record high cattle prices in 2023. Scott makes a great point here, Davis. Mm -hmm. It is a weather market in cattle. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I think one way or another, the heifer headed to pasture is going to find a way to be worth more money than the heifer f- headed to the feedlot in 2023. Mm. Now, now, and that's, even if we have a drought, e- even if dry conditions out in cow-calf country continue, I think that's going to happen. Might be late in the year. Now, if we get into March, and La Nina is giving way to Enso Neutral or even El Nino, and we do start to see a pattern of more consistent rainfall in grass country, look Mm -hmm. out, look Mm -hmm. out. We are going to yank the heifers out of the feed yard that there is no doubt in my mind that that heifer is going to be worth more going to pasture than it will be going to feed. That's the point that Scott's making. And that's going to accelerate, accelerate the move to the upside earlier in the year as we take those females out of the slaughter mix. We're going to know it. We're going to know it, you know, based on placements. But the trick is going to be when we're going to get it factored into the market.
1: Right. And you've talked about that weather market. If the drought is busted, that's a market mover. If the drought ain't busted, that's a market mover.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is my cannot miss prediction for 2023 <laughs> that weather is going to be a factor in in all of these markets because I said it before but take a look at the drought monitor take a look at how much of the ground is is at least abnormally dry if the drought is busted boom big yep. market factor bear bear market in corn which one of the guys predicts for 2023 oh, uh, and if the drought sticks around If the Uh drought sticks around, uh, obviously, that is going to be another major market factor for us in the year ahead. So we're off and running with predictions, buddy. We got agreement on the cattle market from three of the regulars
1: here on Agritalk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we've got lots more. We're going to talk crops and weather. We're going to talk demand. We're going to talk revenue. China, Russia, the whole works.
0: And we're doing it all right here on Agritalk. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be right back.
1: You can't see us, and we can't see you, so don't go changing. Listen just the way you are to Agritalk.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to Agritalk. We are taking a look at some of the predictions from a few of the analysts that uh, make an appearance here on Agritalk on a fairly right. regular basis. And in mm-hmm. the last, uh, to start the show, we talked about the cattle market. Uh, and mm-hmm. and obviously, obviously the guys are fairly optimistic. And a lot of this is based on the supply of market animals available to, to packers in the year ahead. But boy, mm-hmm. a lot of optimism going on in that cattle market as we get into 2023. Well, there are.
1: There is a lot of optimism there. Uh, I've got some comments here from John Payne, Hedgepoint Global. Um, he's looking for feed margins at new highs in 2023. Now, he says okay. if you can grow chickens, turkeys, hogs, or cattle right now, you're likely being rewarded for it. And he expects that reward to remain high through much of twenty three, but comes at a cost with those higher feed margins, possibly.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the other thing that John says in, the, in his prediction – and I love this, you know, the old saying is that pigs don't like $4 corn. Mm-hmm. Well, he says, throw that out the window because my math indicates that they not only love $4 corn, but they like $5, <laughs> $6, and even $7 corn in some cases. So mm-hmm. that feed margin is still in place for the livestock producers, for the protein producers. And and uh, the point being made here is that Demand for protein, whether it is here in the U.S. or abroad, is still very good. If the expected recession doesn't take a bite out of it, the the return for feeding animals in 2023, according to John, is is going to be very good. And, and you know what? I'm not going to argue with him on that. Mm-hmm. Um, hog prices, when you look at the structure of that market and the summer month contracts in that 109, 110 range. Uh, it, it's, it, it, you can lose money selling hogs at 109, 110 bucks. But I, I think the feed margins, as John said, uh, are going to be really good for us in the year ahead, you know, and that I think gets us over to something that we got from Rick Brock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rick, Rick is the only one it, it, that, that replied, uh, with the predictions that just flat out says, hey, we're going to have a bear market in corn.
1: <laughs> yeah, he made no bones about it. <laughs>
0: no, no. Uh, he's, he expects it to be a duplicate of 2013. I'm mm-hmm. the, Those, you know, when patterns start to repeat, right? <laughs> we, yep. we start, pay to, pay start to pay attention as the song goes. start to pay attention. That's right. Um, he said in – now keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. At the end of last week, New crop corn prices were at the highest level they had ever been at this time of the year. Okay? Okay. So when you've got these 23 corn futures around 610, 615, uh, it's uh, the highest the corn prices, new crop corn prices, have ever been at this time of the year. And when, when Rick uh, put in his prediction of a bear market, and compared it to 2013, he said, in that year, prices started with a high. It started high with December 13 corn futures over six dollars. December corn futures expired at four twenty-five. Mm-hmm.
3: That's mm-hmm. a big decline, and
0: and obviously, obviously, a lot of that had to do with the weather that we saw in 2013, and a return of, absolutely of some some good crops after a drought in 2012.
1: Well, and that's kind of what Arlen Suderman from Stonex was uh, alluding to, I believe, in his comments, talking about a a return to El Nino in the northern hemisphere tends to support good Midwest crop production. Yep,
0: yep, exactly. And there were a couple of predictions on on the crop as we get into it. And and getting rid of the patterns that are in place, I mean, that is such... You know, I've done a couple of year-ending podcasts for people this in the the last few days, and they asked for that bold prediction for 2023. And my bold prediction is far from bold, far from fearless, and it is that weather is going to be a dominant story in 2023. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Look at the U.S. drought monitor, Davis. Yeah. It, it It has to be. Has to be a major story in 2023. With well, as much of the country covered in drought as we've got, we're either going to continue the drought or fix the drought. And in either way, in in either case, that is a major story in 2023.
1: Well, and we have heard throughout 2022, La Nina has overstayed its welcome. This has been oh, an yeah. extraordinarily extended period of La Nina. It's bound to break here eventually, and I and. And the guys at BAM, at least, were were predicting exactly that just not long ago.
0: Yep, exactly. Dan Bossi, Ag Resource Company. He says Western U.S. drought will start to abate and decline substantially into late 2023. This includes the plains drought. There you go. Um, And then throw the crop prediction on top of that from Dan. He says U.S. corn and soybean yields will score new record highs in 2023 as El Nino produces favorable growing uh conditions Mm -hmm. uh it's it's not just and and we talked about this some in the in the first segment Mm -hmm. it's not just a crops issue when we talk about the weather uh the uh the cattle market is very much a weather market as we get into 2023 scott varlick we already talked about his uh prediction for the cattle market uh Mm -hmm. but he also sees large grain production in the U.S. Uh, that will make for a harvest low that is dollars, yeah, below
1: current prices. Dollars now that, below current that's, prices. He's gone out on a limb there, Scott has a not only bit. not only putting a, a rough number on it, dollars below current prices, but also yeah. putting the low at harvest time.
0: Yeah, yeah, timing it timing it mm-hmm. for us as well that's yeah. that's really cool really cool yeah. so uh okay again on the on the crops and the weather you've got arlen suderman stonex he's got a big crop coming our way uh he's not predicting record but he is saying that the weather will turn to support good midwest crop production you've mm-hmm. got dan bossy with a record corn and soybean yields in 2023 and then Varlik uh, talking about a harvest low, dollars below. So I, it sounds to me like Scott is in line with Rick Brock talking about a bear market in corn.
1: Well, and when you when you talk about uh, good production numbers, I go straight to demand. You know, we got to sure. do so, we got to do something with all these crops. Uh, Joe right. uh likes the looks of uh, soy crush expansion, anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know this one, I think is. This is my number two prediction. Okay. So I match up with Joe on this, even though Joe isn't much of a prediction guy. You know, he says that when we have him on on Tuesdays. Right. "Eh, You know, I'm not going to tell you where prices are going, but here's what we're looking at right now. Um, And and when we asked him to make some predictions for 23, he he cautioned it by saying, you know, hey, I'm not much of a predictions guy. but." Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've said this a couple of times on the show. You know, when we get to the when we get to February and USDA's uh, annual ag outlook forum, uh, usually, usually everybody goes straight to the planted acres on corn and soybeans as the number one thing that we want to know uh, from the annual ag outlook forum. I'm going to go to the crush numbers for 2023-24, Davis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much of the planned capacity is going to be coming online? So right. let, let's get to Joe's prediction. I predict that the U.S. soy crush expansion will take center stage in 2023 and that we will see the beginnings of a paradigm shift toward more domestic soybean usage and decreased soybean exports. 2023 will be the beginning of... The push will accelerate in 2024. No price predictions, but I think this is generally supportive stuff for the soybean market, you know uh, what? and it won't be without growing pains.
1: Yeah, and let me let me just tack on Dan Bossi's comments there from Ag Resource Company, who mm-hmm. who predicts the U.S.'s share of world grain and oilseed trade will continue yep. to decline. Uh, yep. with record Brazilian soy and corn harvests. So if Joe's talking about increased domestic usage, boy, if Dan's right, we're going to need that domestic usage to increase.
0: 100%. 100%. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Dan's prediction there oh, as yeah. well, uh, because it is a trend that has been in place. And when you look at what China did in 2022, uh, By clearing the phytosanitary paperwork and clearing it in a hurry so that they can start buying corn from Brazil, I think Dan's case is is spot on, is absolutely on. And something that we talked about on the free-for-all on Friday was China starting up a new company that will be in charge of its grain reserves. Well, Brazil is going to play a major role in the success of that new company. Man, we are deep into the predictions from some of the guys for 2023. We're going to keep it going when Davis and I come back right here on Agritalk.
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: From Reader's Digest at rd.com, there are scores of traditional Christmas songs, but New Year's really just has the one. Belting out Auld Lang Syne while watching the ball drop is a cherished New Year's tradition. Auld Lang Syne is the title and key phrase of a 1788 Scottish poem by Robert Burns, typically sung on New Year's Eve around the world. The phrase Auld Lang Syne, which literally translates to Old Long Since, Basically means days gone by in the Scots language or, as Merriam-Webster explains, the Auld Lang Syne meaning, the good old times. The original five verse version of Burns poem essentially gets people singing let's drink to days gone by, an appropriate toast for the new year. Sometimes deemed by music historians to be the most famous song that nobody knows, Auld Lang Syne is a piece of the long New Year's tradition of reminiscing about years gone by while sharing a song with family and friends. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. And welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory joins. Uh Uh-huh. We uh, we are looking through some predictions from some of the talk usual suspects. we've we've talked about the livestock industry. we've talked about uh, crop production. Chip, I want to move on to farm income and revenue. Of course, if you've yep. got big crops, you've got to market this effectively. But I want to go to Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. He says, quote, I'm fearful expectations will be too rich when marketing grain. We can't expect so many opportunities to market at high prices in 23. Kind of a warning there from Mr. Bennett.
0: Well, I think it's it's a well-placed warning as well. Look at the revenue that we had in 2021. Look at the revenue that we generated in 2022. And this is kind of a theme that started to develop late in the year with the analysts that we had on Agritalk, Davis. And and that was, um, you've got positive returns that are possible at 610 corn. Maybe maybe you ought to be taking a look at taking advantage of it. Yes, we realize that, that the inputs are going up, that it's going to be the most expensive crop that we've, produced but when you've got 610 corn the highest priced corn for new crop that we've ever had at this time of the year maybe you should be taking advantage of some of that because you should probably be dialing back your overall expectations but mm-hmm. you know some of these guys talking about you know in in 2022 well let's let's say that it costs a thousand bucks to put an an acre in okay maybe it was a little bit more than that but if you're selling if you're selling 200 bushel and I'm being very conservative with this if you're selling mm-hmm. 200 bushel corn at in some cases you know just call it seven bucks uh and you've got 1400 in revenue against do you, should you back off your revenue expectations from a net of 4 of 400 bucks an acre maybe you can protect it right now should you be looking to do that i I think it's a it's a great thought and then on soybeans you know 14 14 20 on new crop beans maybe you ought to be saying that's good enough because of some of the warnings that we've got from Matt that we've got from mm-hmm. from Rick Brock in yeah. in his earlier prediction of a bear market in corn and and the others and the others are all saying hey be careful with it as we go forward. and well, it's and the because there's so many unknowns, right?
1: Yes, exactly. The other thing that Rick Brock points out and it's an obvious one, but you know, maybe maybe the obvious stuff to think about is the theme of mm-hmm. today's show. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick points out inflation, high yep. input prices that makes that next nickel up a little bit shinier and you gotta be careful. you gotta yep. be careful.
0: yeah. Rick started that prediction with inflation you, you yep. know. Uh, D.C. continues to pump money into the economy. You don't slow down yeah. slow down inflation by printing more money. D- ding, 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 Rick. Yep. that That is a great point. It's throwing gasoline on top of an already hot burning fire, says Rick. He says fuel prices are going to remain strong. Fertilizer prices sideways. Mm-hmm. Equipment costs, technology will all be going higher. Uh, this is the year or this is key this year uh, assuming that producers have all of their input costs locked in before spring don't forget to lock in the selling price yep. i like it yep. well I and like when he talks much. about
1: fertilizer prices sideways however we're still looking at sideways between 14 and 1500 bucks yeah a short ton for anhydrous you know yeah um that's kind of at, at. very anyway. high prices yeah yes yes yep yep um can, you, should we broaden our scope a little bit? Do some international stuff? Well, this is where the uncertainty comes in, right? Right, right. Yeah. I've got Arlen. Let's start with Arlen Suderman. Uh, back to okay. him from, from Stonex, Stonex. Um He's looking for Russia to look for a way out of the Ukraine war. Hmm. Um, he says its economy is a mess, military somewhat depleted, things aren't going well. Now we're looking into the energies. We're looking at possible implications for the wheat market. Um, your thoughts. The other point that Arlen
0: makes in that prediction is that Russia has not lost its desire to co- control Ukraine.
1: Mm, yep.
0: I think this is a long – I think what Arlen is saying is that this is a long game. Mm-hmm. Um, they may look for a way out. And you know what? Last week – uh, they, it, there's proof that they are looking for a way out, but at the same time, the, Ukraine is not willing to give what Russia wants to find a way out, and right. what Russia wants is the ground that it says it's annexed. Yep. Well, Russia, uh, Ukraine doesn't want to give that up. Yep. It, it, this is. Uh, they may look for a way out. I, but I am skeptical that they are going to find it. And if they if they do back off on some of its military activity in, in Ukraine, I think mm-hmm. it's temporary.
1: Well, I, that's the thing. If you look back over history over the last, what, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, yeah. uh, Russia's been just picking off little provinces, little districts, little chunks yeah. of Crimea here and there, and then it's quiet for a while, and then right. something fires up against someplace else.
0: Right, right. Um, but I hope he's, you know, when it comes to the resumption of natural gas flow into Europe, oh, leading yeah. to an increase in fertilizer production, I yep. hope that uh, I hope that Arlen is on the mark there. I, I yep. just don't know for sure how how quickly that is going to happen. Let's stick um,
1: with stick with Arlen on the China stuff because okay. there's a there's a pretty big oh, if if good. in here. Uh, China, Arlen says China emerges from COVID with a sharp bounce back in its economy. Uh, later on, he says we should see a sharp rebound by the second quarter of the year, depending on how well the population there fares with this (laughs) surge in COVID cases that we're seeing right now. Yeah. And the rural population in particular. Yep.
0: You know, it's half a trillion or half a billion, geez, trillion, billion. T's, M's, B's. I get them mixed up sometime. It gets blurred. Okay. Uh, 500 million rural population there in China. How are they going to survive the virus? How do they deal with it going forward? Uh, That's going to be key. And what is – are we going to have a second invasion? Okay, that's Mm -hmm. something that that Arlen talked about here. He says possible takeover attempt by China over Taiwan – Yep. China would prefer delaying such action, but expected to move if it sees evidence the United States is starting to send military equipment to Taiwan. Well, I, I've seen other predictions out there that the U.S. is going to try to do for Taiwan what mm-hmm. it should have done for Ukraine in advance of an invasion. If that happens, Xi Jinping is not going to wait to pull the trigger on this. No, Is he's not he gonna Davis? like that
1: one bit no he's not gonna like no. that one bit no he'll see it right. as aggression or at least use it as an excuse and call it aggression right. I think right
0: okay all right
1: well uh let's general let's go economy back. we yeah, gotta get to it don't we yeah let's go back to vaclavik on this he again he hates with the predictions but right. he says <laughs> I predict. <laughs> the U.S. stock market, uh, and he's using the S&P as his gauge, okay. uh, up 15% or more in 2023. Apparently, there's a historical precedent for it that Joe uh, cites.
0: Yeah. Even if you struggle with the with, with growth in the economy, and it mm-hmm. may happen even before the Fed pivots to, yeah. to pull interest rates lower, uh, there is a history that you do see a kind of a preemptive rally Mm-hmm. In in the stock. so that is something that we need to watch for. I think that's that's it, the reason that it's important for agriculture is because a rising stock market gives the sense of wealth to those that are invested in the in the stock market and might keep spending um, uh, at a higher level. And then John Payne, Hedgepoint Global, go back to him. He says more pain is needed to get U.S. inflation where the FOMC wants it. That means higher yeah. interest rates as we as we get into 2023.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Indeed.
0: Yeah. All right, there's one more expert that I want to get a prediction from. Okay. You know, I've already talked about weather and mm-hmm. and crush. Those are where I'm
1: at. What about you, buddy? What do you got for a prediction? Well, I've got I've got a couple here. Um okay. The first one maybe is just from the obvious file. Okay? okay? You know I you know I love the uh the black swan events it just i can't get enough of them and uh the last couple of years have been very generous with these black swan events my prediction is uh something we don't expect will happen um these things that we haven't expected and have happened over the last few years have been market movers and so to me i guess with that obvious piece of of thought there We got to be ready. We got to. Yeah. If you've got your wagons circled up, you're being a little bit careful. You're you've decided now is not the time to accidentally buy a new boat. Okay, great. I think continue. Let's let's maintain that status quo, just with the expectation that something you don't expect will happen. The other thing is quickly land prices. I think we see them level off, but that I don't think demand necessarily fades. I just think with people with their wagons a little bit circled here. I think we're gonna see land prices top. We may have already seen it. Um and okay. that's that's what I'm looking for in twenty three. All right. That
0: that's a leading indicator on the inflation side of thing, and I'm gonna go back to John Payne real quick on that to mm-hmm. to yep. make a point on that and and how high can Jay Powell take near term interest rates yeah. to combat the inflation that is out there. And talking about being prepared, uh, he John quoted Buffett he says, it's only when the tide goes out that you learn who has been swimming naked. And here's his recommendation. It's I me. think the tide continues to go out in 2023. If you're naked, you better find some cover. Please do. <laughs> well done, John. Well done to all of the guys that sent their predictions. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to all of you. Coming up next, Tech Artek, tech Advisory, with a look at the charts right here on AgriTalk.
1: Agritalk where we Thank solemnly vow no nickelback. Oops, check that. Only some nickelback on Agritalk.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host Chip Flory We've got Davis Michaelson the predictions. Hello. Davis, um, yeah. really really insightful thinking. Some mm-hmm. obvious, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah some not so obvious. Yep. Some not so obvious.
1: And um, really you you got to think about the obvious ones sometimes yeah. just to just to check yourself a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean the first the the first prediction that I'm making and you you know we've already talked about it, it's weather. Weather's going to be a big story because if the drought is broken, big story. If the drought continues, big story. Mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer. Weather mm-hmm. is I, I, I called it my my early front runner for the heisman, okay okay in, in two thousand twenty three a uh, couple of other ones here from Dan Huber, at the Huber report. oh yeah, okay uh the two greatest challenges that I believe u s. farmers will face in two thousand twenty three are both predicated on my belief that the great commodity bull run of two thousand twenty twenty two of of two thousand and twenty two, 2022 is over uh of course barring some type of black swan event <laughs> i knew that we had to get really? that in for davis yeah, yeah. i'm glad That's, you did that, 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 that. Yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly uh he says bull markets are very forgiving and undisciplined marketing plans as they will give you a second a third and a fourth opportunity to sell not to mention the fact that even on corrections prices will remain at profitable levels absolutely once or then dan goes on to say once over it never feels right to sell into prices that were lower than they once were or were used in cash flow projections it will often lead to marketing paralysis and finally desperation selling
1: wow yeah
0: dan huber that is really good yeah dan huber sounding off uh, marketing paralysis selling into a cheaper market. You know, it all depends on the trends of the market. And you know who we rely on for the trends of the market. That is Cary our Artac Advisory.
4: Thanks, Chip. Let me start with March Corn. Last week, March Corn elicited a midterm buy signal that remains in effect this week above 660 even. 660 even is a floor of support that, if tested over the next week or two, can absorb selling into February trade, above which I'm anticipating at least 706 even over the next two to three, three to five weeks or so, possibly by the end of January. We can top out there for a month. Maybe longer, uh, but there is a case to be made that on that long-term weekly chart, we might actually see 739 even before this rally completes itself, this buy signal completes itself. You could say closing above 706 even would then yield 739 even within just another two to three weeks. But overall, if I'm painting a big picture, holding above 660 even over the next couple of months, 739 even, not out of the question. If we test 739 even over the next couple of months, it can contain buying through spring and we can fall off from there. Now downside if we close back below 660 even on the week itself Friday afternoon uh, then that buy signal has failed and that failure should actually set off follow-through selling through January into February the next three to five weeks then in reach of 599 even. 599 even is long-term support on the weekly chart that could contain selling through spring. So 660 even is a meaningful pivot point now into February trade. We're above it and I'm going to Anticipating continued gains into the lower half of the $7 handle. Let's move on to March soybeans. Uh, March soybeans elicited their own buy signal last week that remains in effect this week above $14.89 even. $14.89 even, if tested, can contain selling into February trade. And above which, the next couple of months should see this market push into the low $16 handle. I have a range right now. Two different channel formations on the weekly chart that are changing every day, rising at a predictable rate, 1610 and a quarter to 1634 even. And I'll mention that by the middle of February, they all converge around 1644 even. So you can make a case that holding above 14.89 even we can push into the 16.40, 16.44 even over the next month or two where uh, the broader soybean market can actually top out through spring and fall off from there. Now downside, if we close back below 14.89 even on Friday for the week itself, I'm off the one to two month buy signal into the low 1600 area and I'm then anticipating 13.80 over the following one to two months. So 14.89 even is a meaningful midterm pivot point. We are above it. We're in a midterm buy signal up into the 1644 area, roughly, over the next couple of months. But inversely, if we close this week below 1489, even 1380 even is likely by the end of february where the broader soybean market can actually bottom out through spring and finally april live cattle um, is having trouble it's testing a significant overhead resistance that is right where we are now we closed last week 161.80 our pivot point is 161.90 and unless we can get up and over 161.90 on friday's close This market is susceptible to falling back to 158.50 over the next three to five weeks and possibly by April expiration, 155 even. 161.90, meaningful long-term pivot point and we're having trouble getting up and over it and staying above it. If we can close Friday above 161.90, then 163.82 is expected within one to two weeks. And actually, over the next few months, by April expiration, 168 even, where we could top out through the balance of April contract life. Uh, Just to sort of reiterate, 161.90, big pivot point this week. Uh, If we can close Friday above it, April live cattle looks bullish into expiration. If we close below it, it is highly susceptible to falling back to 158.50 by the end of January. and by April expiration, perhaps 155 even. That's all I got, Chip, for today. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, Kerry. Don't forget, go to RTAC, A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and Kerry will get you signed up for a two-week free trial. Davis, we have been thanking listeners. We have been thanking guests, and I'll I'll thank the guest analysts again for the predictions. There is one person that if we don't thank him right now for all of the work that he does to keep us on the air we would be very remiss mm-hmm. big apple joe stackler producer of agritalk yes fine work in 2022 and, and, and we know that you're gonna give it your all and, and put the best shows out there that we possibly can in 2023 so we can't do it without you joe Amen. thank you very much buddy appreciate all of your efforts All right, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Come back tomorrow morning. We are going to get a news update from Jim Wiesmeyer and Talk Weather with Kevin Marcus from Marcus Weather. That's right here on Agritalk.